0: Okay. Uh, I did not write Open Audit. It was written by a guy named Mark Unwin. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, because it's all been email. But um, he's just a systems administrator in Australia who, well, I'll get into that. I have a slide dedicated to that. (laughs) But um, my presentation, welcome, it's on uh, Open Audit. I called it the automation of network inventory because with Open Audit, I was able to automate network inventory in my very limited environment in human resources at UCSB. We have um, ISNC kind of above us. They provide services for us. They uh, have a domain. They have a domain controller account. They don't want to give one out. So that's like the optimum way to run Open Audits with a domain account on a network but I didn't have it, and I still, maybe that programmer laziness, I just didn't want to have to go around writing things out. So I was like, how can I do this? It's got to be possible. It's a computer. You can automate stuff. So that's why I titled it the Automation of Network Inventory, because I figured a way to automate it. Still a lot of manual work, but now once it's running, it takes care of itself. Here's an outline of my presentation. I kind of did a graphical flow, give you guys an idea of what's going on, where we're going to take this Uh, in the spirit of open source. Here's a bit of where we're going to go. We start at the necessity of an auditing system, go down through a few of the problems, starting with the first problem is going to be typos, you know, human error represented by the X. Second problem is pretty obvious, dollar sign for money. Then we go about solving those problems, showing the solution in inverse order. Hopefully you'll see why that makes sense when we do that. Go through a few of the caveats, how the actual system functions, a brief demo, which will probably be kind of mixed to the discussion and questions. So here's where we're going. Now, we start with the necessity of inventory systems. We all work with computers, and we know... That ignorance is not a valid excuse. How often do we get asked questions? And I just can't, I don't like to tell people I don't know. I say, I'll work on it. You know, just figure out some other way to say it. But I just, you don't like to say don't know. So these are some sample questions that we all need to answer at different times. Which ones are near the end of their warranty? Because that's pertinent information when especially if we get from Dell or Gateway or whoever and get an extended warranty, but we know the system might kind of junk out right around that time, so we give a thorough checking over, call them up if there's any bugs, and get things replaced. Uh, I've had to deal with things like that. Which towers or laptops would contain a certain video card that might ignite in your lap? I think we've heard of that one. Set your truck on fire. which IPs are in use and where? If you have an allotment of IPs in your department that's been given to you by some other department, you want to make sure that you're not assigning an IP to someone that's really a copier down the hall because then that gets bumped off the network. How many licenses are left for certain software? If you guys get like um, Adobe Photoshop or something, I don't know, you know, all kinds of software licenses. It's important to keep track of all these things and you're very familiar with these questions, I'm sure. So that was the necessity of it. Here's some of the problems. You get manual entry being very error prone, especially in complex systems, but even in the smaller systems. Someone puts a tower back into a little corner and it scratches the little asset tag on the back. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Um, There's budget restrictions, which present other problems. Because an economic drought means the cheaper solutions are even that much more favorable than they might have been in days past. I'm sure you've all heard about that. Uh, I, when I first wrote this uh, presentation, I went through all kinds of systems I had come across in helping out various departments on campus. And I actually had screenshots of them, but gave a demo presentation. I said, it's a little redundant. We know that it's error prone So I just left this one screenshot in, but I had screenshots of FileMaker databases I had worked with, Excel spreadsheets I had worked with of varying flavors and linked FileMaker databases that were pretty elaborate and worked very well, but it's still limited to manual entry. So you can see that Excel spreadsheets can be quite elaborate as well. You can query by column, there's Microsoft's touted familiarity, which is how they seem to be selling their products nowadays. It's great because you all know it. Um, but we've got a plethora of disadvantages that are probably pretty apparent to, um, most people who are familiar with these type of systems. The clipboard system, the walk-around system. We've all seen these errors. So now we come to open audit. Our solution here that's being presented we see that it's uh, open source, as opposed to uh, non-commercial, which is the presentation I went to last. Completely open source. You can look under the hood, you can tweak things as you like. Is released under SourceForge, originally under the name Winventory, because it was coded as a Windows inventory system using WMI. Mark Unwin, as I stated earlier, had written a script to audit computers on a network that he worked at, and he saw the need to extend it, to have a queryable web interface, because I'm sure we all have supervisors at whatever level we work at that want to know. We need to send them reports. So to have a queryable web interface, as we were talking about earlier, is very important. So back in 2005, the project was originally released, and today it's kind of a snowballed user group. It's growing all the time, which is something that I always look at when I look at an open source project is is anyone like, still using this? Are there spider webs growing on it? Um, WMI, VBScript, MySQL, and PHP are the technologies that are used. When I first approached this project, I said, okay, I've got PHP and MySQL. I've done some VB. I'm not even sure what WMI is, but okay, and I proceeded with it. So would that be a consolation, to any of you guys, if any of these look unfamiliar, it's uh, not that rough. So it's being that it's open source, it's got the free software license, as you can read all that there. Um, But this one might be alarming to some people who um, come from departments where they like to pay for the solution. We don't want to worry about it, so we pay for a warranty. We pay for phone support. Well, it's provided as is, with no warranty of any kind, including warranty of design, ability, or fitness for a particular use. Which can also be something kind of scary if you're looking at it and you're thinking of using something, and they don't—they aren't even guaranteeing it. But it's as good as we want to make it. Which brings me to the next part. If no warranty concerns you, I uh, recently came across this article. Uh, Entitled Editor's Note, You Get What You Pay For, where Carla Schroeder put forth the notion that uh, by using the open source software, we actually contribute to its development. So, just when you see something that's like kind of scares you because there's no warranty, well, if you dig in and start to use it, you're adding to it. Because what if it works great and then you're presenting it at a conference and now it grows? So uh, you can see how that works, but we can also contribute to it in other more tangible ways via the forums or actually writing the code. Or if your skills lie elsewhere, you could be designing the icons, whatever else. Um, And it's free. Free in both senses of the word. It's free as in beer and free as in speech. I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with those two monikers, but... uh, Free in the English language kind of ambiguous. You go to other languages, you have words like gratis and libre. Two separate words, which we in English have as free. So, uh, an English take on that is gratis. Like, giving it to you, you don't pay me. Free as in beer. Free as in speech, because I have the liberty to have freedom of speech. Those are the two differences. So, in going into open source You might come across these terms. That's what they mean. And it's free in both ways, under the Creative Commons License. And there's a good-sized user group and active forum, as I stated before. What do you get for free? (laughs) Automation. This is the part that I think all of us find the most exciting. And uh, I quoted A.Hull, who's a very active moderator in the Open Audit forums. Um, I think he might be the moderator of the forums. I just quoted him as saying, Open Audit audits the hardware and software it discovers on your computers and posts its findings to a MySQL database. From there, the data is presented in a clean and readable form via a set of PHP web pages. That's pretty much it. That's an overview of the whole system. And uh, if, I mean, hopefully you can't see too much in here. But uh, it's very exciting, the the level of detail that it gives you, all kinds of specs that I'm sure none of us take the time to write out when we were doing the manual inventories. Automation, no typing errors. How many times have we... I can't speak for anyone else, but how many times have I come across a serial number of a machine? Is that a seven? Is that a one? What? That's an L. What? Lowercase i? T? I'm not sure. So there's all kinds of things like that. I've seen threes, six. There can be so many different takes on handwriting. And um, yeah, no type, no typing errors, no handwritten errors. So I'm going to go through a few bullet point lists that I've created of some of the free things that we get right out of the box of this system. Uh, data collects on the hardware of your physical machines, the software that's installed on those machines, the operating system itself, version, and the settings of that operating system, including the security settings, users and groups, a graph showing your disk usage, and a quick rundown of the audit history so you can see how far back you've been looking at this machine. Some data reports that you can get right out of the box as well. And these are expanding all the time because like we were talking about before the session, MySQL database its a query. Just modify that query and you've got a different report. So uh, as it's been updated in the repository, people just keep adding other data reports, so the list gets kind of long. The important thing that I, I really found helpful is that you can export them to Inkscape, DIA, or DIA, however you say it, in a PDF. Just email the report out to your supervisor, any interested parties, what's the catch? So now we're gonna get into the caveat, like, okay, it's free software, totally free. Download it, don't have to pay anything. But there's always a catch, because you need to invest time and knowledge. So, the requirements of using this is uh, the cost of ownership. You need to have a web server of some kind. It can run on any web server that will host PHP pages, reading from a MySQL database. Very important that you have a secured connection, a, ser- a secured installation, in some way secured. Out of the box, there's ways to secure this installation via, like, HT Access. But um, however you do it, make sure it's secured because it's going to be providing the serial numbers of all your software. Windows, Photoshop, everything. It it just pulls it all right in there. Helpful for an administrator? Bad to have in the wrong hands. Um, some beneficial components. I really feel that Apache is the best for serving up PHP and MySQL. Um, a Windows domain, somewhere in that mix that your network computers are part of, is helpful, though not required. A domain admin account for that Windows domain, again, helpful, not required. And a secured local connection, a local network, just makes things that much uh, safer. Some of the questions that might be put up is like, well, if we only run Windows, where are we going to do this? XAMPP is a quick solution to that. I'm sure many of you know about XAMPP. Anybody not know about Um, it? If you don't have any knowledge of PHP or MySQL, there's no configuration really. It's easy to install, but it's a tool and not an employee. So you do need to do some stuff. You will have to figure out a few things. You can't just tell it to do it all. Um, It's a little graphic I made about how it works. I was trying to convey how this system operates without words well except for words in the graphics. Um, See here on the left you've got a web server running Apache, MySQL, PHP. Active Directory being the method of communication between the end computers, the networked users, and the web server. And then you've got all these users out here running Linux, Mac, Windows. This is kind of a representation of my office and the breakup of them. But it, yours can be whatever mix. I'm sure everyone said they had everything on their network. The roles of the components. The application resides on the web server, domain account, to audit remote machines through uh, group policies but if there is no domain account as it was in uh, domain admin account as it was in my situation the local machine each user's machine can have a scheduled job to regularly audit and send the results back to the server this is where just how I set it up is I had to actually go around every machine give it a scheduled job and then I can walk away because it's scheduled. So any changes that take place on that machine are going to be sent back to the server at any point in time. So, I mean, not changes throughout the day because I don't have it really auditing that regularly. Then I gave a quick overview of how to get these servers up and running. Is anybody interested in seeing step by s- I'm not going to go through step-by-step, step, but if you're interested in any of these, here's a Mac. On 10.4, I had it up and running uh, a little bit more than a few minutes, but uh, if you knew where to find all these tools, it can be very quick. Uh, I also set up one in preparation for this on uh, CentOS, and that was extremely fast. I mean, it might just be because it's one of my... I prefer this system, but you see a rundown. You just, one yum command, create the database and the user, which is a couple commands, check it out from Subversion, restart the services, and you're good to go. And with Windows, it's an extremely simple install, but uh, good luck on upgrading. Um, so the client installation, as I, again, I said, you don't have to install on the client. If you have a domain admin account, you can query out and remote, um, remotely audit your machines. Um, again, I'm sure everyone here can come up with uh, some very interesting way to do it on their network. There's a plethora of methods available you can communicate via HTTP. You can, uh, there's XML that will compile the data and throw it back all kinds of ways. So I'd be excited to hear how any of you do it as you proceed with this. But um, as I said before, with the way I did it is I set a scheduled task to run a CMD file on a network share, and the network share had the audit config file. It's just one file. And that config file points to the server, which can be anywhere, uh, accessible by the web. But again, it's open source. You can kind of tweak it to do whatever you want. The Windows audit is done with a VBS script and the Unix on it is done with a shell script. There's some really advanced shell scripting in there. I talked with a guy who developed it and he actually got the shell script to audit uh, Linux, Mac, and Windows just based on the flags you give it. Kind of mixed results. With um, I had the, the poorest results of auditing a Mac with this uh, shell script. It audited Linux better. Um, But I think that's really impressive for one script to audit anything. And again, it's extensible. If anyone's got better knowledge of shell scripting, which I did know a few things that I could get pulled out with a shell script, you can add to it and then submit it, and it'll be added to the repository. So now we go for a quick tour. Any questions so far? That there it can be done again like i said with the domain admin oh the question the question was uh, is it a system where the clients have to push the data to the server or can the server discover the clients and the answer is yes it does it does both it can Discover the clients on a Windows domain um, based on which tools you have. I spoke with some guys over here who had tools that go out and scan their network. If you throw those back in through a script, that would just be able to do a remote audit. Maybe it's just me, but I I was a big fan of this because it was so um, tangible. I could just reach out there and say, this is what's doing that. Well, it would work better if it did it like this. Rearrange things. However, it's going to fit on your network. With a customized installation, you might come up with a few issues when you have to upgrade. But um, I, I pulled, I actually had downloaded the most recent release from the website on SourceForge, and I found all kinds of problems. I was like, "What's?" This is when I was first getting into it. I said, "This is kind of buggy." You know, I had to do a little work to get it audit the machines without returning a database error but then I thought let's see what's out there on the subversion repository and it worked right out of the box like all the errors are fixed so they just must not be updating the latest release and in fact talking with Mark um, last week they're working really hard on open audit version 2 and there's a lot that's going to be changed no expected release date yet, but they do have a alpha version. It's got kind of a retooled look, similar the same functionality, but it's more of a separation between the application logic and the presentation, model-view-controller style. Um, so, that's that. Is that that answer your question sufficiently? Anything else before we get going, or any? This is a the default page the home page for open audit I um, I grabbed uh, uh, the data from our database in the office and then um, this is a while ago that's why it says systems not audited 41 but I also changed a lot of the data so what you guys are seeing up here if you were writing it down trying to hack our data it's all different anyways Um, this home page is, it, it comes with more than this. If you, you can, here it is. So right here you can customize the home page for whatever your specifics are. If you're concerned about terminal servers and remote desktops, you can show that. And show detected servers that it detects on your network, which would be part of that process. Like like the moderator said, that a hole moderator he said that I don't yeah, a hole with a that's everywhere in the area. He had said that uh, it queries machines to get the network information. Well, what it does is it grabs from the machine, says, what printers are is this looking at? Okay, so these printers must be on the network because these are network connections. Um, what servers is it pointing to? Where is it getting data from? So it does some of that reverse engineering, but um, not. I wouldn't rely on it. So... Yeah, here's some of the options. Can you guys read that? So no need for me to go go into it. Um, It it has the LDAP directory. You can tie it right into your LDAP directory if you're managing that. And then you can have um, set permissions and go into granularity of control that way. Um, I haven't set one up here, but this is where we would do it. So, then here's where you see all those predefined queries. Um, I find this very interesting. How often have you wanted to know any of this information? Can't, can't not read it? I can, I'll read it off. So, queries, we have all audited systems, which is the page that... I visit the most. Um, shows you all the audited systems. The network user, we see the domain that they're part of, the username. See the host name, which in most cases um, was just a computer name right here. The IP, which I've changed um, for all of them. But that would tell us the IP of the computer. We have the dates that they were last audited. They're all um can be reordered by clicking on them alphabetical Yeah. Um mm-hmm. so Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it does it querying the Dell site or something or no. do you know what the warranty goes away? Um it Yeah. <laughs> I guess right here it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so that was been very impressive Dell the things like for instance, we'll it all, but to the Dell part of the site. Yeah, so if we go here... Oh, there it is. It's building it. We have a system that scrapes the Dell... It, it pushes the serial number to the Dell website and then it scrapes that information and puts
1: it into our database. big page. I have over
0: 500 computers that need the, that. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> So it, it, it looks like it's... Uh, taking care of that over time. How's the, how's the change log submission? If you drill into a specific host, can you see when stuff was installed, when this was added, deleted, whatever? It doesn't... Let's see. We'll, we'll drill down to one. Um, the one that still has a node working. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we've got uh right here, right? Loser. Yep. So here we've got this. And this is one thing I really liked is... Um, it takes us right to the Dell site. So do you give it a uh, username and password for the Dell site? No. The, it's, you don't need it. You, you just um, like if when I used to do this manually, I'd just get the service tag off the back of the machine and enter it in okay. Dell site. Dell to the check site, though, right? On the, on
1: the open, open, open audit. It's
0: grab the yeah. Yes. So that's scraped that out. And then, again, like as a system administrator, we're like, ah, oh, I don't even know about this machine. Like, What does it look like? <laughs> <So> <laughs> it does. It looks a lot like a battery in some pictures. But uh, we, we get an idea of what it looks like. Um, I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, scrolling down. Here's the important... When we drill down to the machine... Up there, you see uh, Wi-Fi 06. That that menu item was added when I drilled into this machine. So, if we were to mouse over that, it gives us the same thing that's over here on this side. This this is all the information about that specific machine. We might be tempted to click just Hardware, and then it gives us the hardware information. But if we wanted to go specific fast. Uh, yeah so it, it does have little loops where it's just like hey why isn't that there it's there for other systems but it's not there for this one and in those instances I just remind myself of how much I paid for it <laughs> so and I'm happy when I do have it and really we use this I want to say daily but that'd kind of be stretching it we use it very often for all kinds of questions Yeah, um, so if we close the hardware one, we have users and groups here. We can click on that, it gives us the overview of the users and groups, or we click the plus, plus; we can just see one or the other. I mean, can you search for a name, and will tell you what machine or um, Yeah, I, did, I changed all the names, all the usernames on here, but um, we can give that a try. Otherwise, you know, I have all the usernames in my head, but I'd be typing in the wrong ones. Um, so there's the username. takes us right to the computer. And from there, we can see pictures of it. <laughs> um, but something neat uh, is you have the audit trail. This just tells us, like, when it was audited. We can't drill into those audits, which I would like, but... Um, probably out of the scope of the way the system was originally designed. Oh, like a flagged machine? Yes. So the question was, let me just see if I understand this correctly. The question was, when a motherboard is changed, perhaps by a Dell technician, specifically Dell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get contacted so by Dell. The deeper, question, the deeper question is, what is the key? What is, what What's is the, the key piece yes. that makes a machine itself? Oh, what identifies a machine as a, machine? a machine. Is it MAC address? Is it serial number? What is it a hash? You know, when the machine, I'm. Now you guys are going to embarrass me. Well, <laughs> we can take a look at. can. Um, <laughs>
1: so, uh,
0: <we>, right <laughs> so, right here. So, right, one in every session. So here's, uh, we can browse at the, the tables of the database. And uh, going down, we see what a system is. There's lots of tables, so um, you have to become pretty familiar with this to write your own queries. But again, it's open source, and if you've got a curious mind, dig right in there. So we execute the query and see... (coughs) I think it's going to be by IP address. Uh, System UUID. No, no, UUID. Yeah, UUID. So it would come up as a different system, and that can be, again, you write a script and say, where do we have the same user on multiple machines? Um, Something like that would... The no, bottom Yeah. You, you know, need that, that yeah. Hmm. Yeah. New machine. But So those differences? Around, yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, by by dinner time I can <laughs> have something worked out. There's uh, again, like I said, it's, it's got an active user group in the forums. When I was working through this and trying to figure out how I can best implement it on our specific environment, which is very different. I don't know if you guys have that at your UC campuses, where well, this is how LDAP is supposed to work, but our LDAP's a little different. You know, this is how service X is supposed to work. But ours is custom. It's special. Um, our environment was special. We had to do some tweaks, um, which I outlined how I, I did it. I just kind of duct tape, and now it's good. But, so yeah, you guys can... Um, when I Back to what I was saying. When I was trying to figure out how to get this on our specific situation... I was active in the forums and sometimes within an hour I had like three guys try this, try that other people are like this is the only way you can do that so all kinds of questions things that you want to see extended bring it up in the forums there's a lot of talk right now in there about the next version of this system uh, but anyways anything else, anything else that you guys would like to see uh, expanded clicked on Oh maybe the bios, hardware BIOS. Uh where was that under hardware? Yeah. Um, so there's a BIOS on this specific machine. You can actually search by the version number. Uh uh. Search and produce. Yeah. So you wanted uh this one? There's the two machines that have BIOS, so pretty impressive. Um, anything else? Oh yeah, let's um, let's dive into a little bit more of this area. We've got other items, and this this was um I thought uh, let's see all other devices. This is where we get the weird printers. Everybody has a Microsoft Office Document Writer printer. You know. Yeah, thanks a lot. So, (laughs) here we we have all that. (laughs) So, um, but when we go to networked items, that's where we get our real printers. Uh, LaserJet, uh, these are just the names that we had for various printers. You know, someone's got a printer right there at their own workstation that's not networked, but it was picked up. So I say, well, what's the deal with this? Click down into it. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, so, yeah. What kind of... What drill down, what kind of All right, so we go to the copier. Um, it's got the location, which is hardwired into that Um, printer. It's like in the settings of the actual printer. Most printers nowadays, as I'm sure you're familiar with, a lot of them come with their own little mini web server, so they can have all kinds of information on there that can be returned via a query. Um, Some of these uh, I haven't had a whole lot of luck with when you click into them. Um, But there's, there's potential there. And then, again, if someone says, I want to know everything about this printer, export the page to PDF, and then send it off to them. We don't have to handwrite. We don't have to get into editing. We don't even need PDF generation software. to have vnc into it or w- yeah I will. Or I thought it said that telnet on their own. Side. It does have telnet I that's that's one area of this system that I've I've never um, I've never exploited and never gotten it to work Um, let's see. So someone says, I want to I know everybody's machine. I want to know everything about these machines for this group of people. Oh, okay. Um, that might be a customized query. Again, that might be something that you can get if you have your own domain and a domain admin account. As you see, when we queried all audited systems, um, most everyone's under the same domain. So we could write a script that would query just that domain. Um, We have a separate Wi-Fi domain with... um, Or say, I want a list of every machine that's three years or older. Okay. Um, The actual machine's age. That might be a customized query as well. I didn't see it here. Oh, when you purchased it? Yeah. When you first ordered it, yeah. or when you first purchased it? Uh, I wouldn't know if you purchased it. Well, the age is usually d- is dependent upon either the time of the warranty. Essentially, it's for us, it's the time of the warranty. But most most machines are actually born if you buy direct from the vendor within um, two weeks. Of, you actually buy them. So. so you're talking about like the um, manufacture date of a machine. Um, or essentially I, I mean for us it would primarily be the, the warranty start date we want to that's how you refresh like okay um, no I, I don't see that it, it does look like it's something it could scrape because it did have the all warranties um Oh, that was there too? Yeah. yeah. So, we'd have the, the le- end of life in days on the warranty. Wouldn't tell us much about how, how old it is. Do you guys celebrate birthdays? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I mean, I mean, on our campus, refreshes are based upon age of the machine. And age of the machine should be based upon the year you bought it. Mm-hmm. If you've got like 1500 computers, it's, you know, and like you bought the the GX270 three years in a row, it's, it's a little bit difficult to do it that way. Yeah. Although it's not optimal, can you hand enter fields which are not discovered and have them stick around? Yes, you can hand enter fields.
1: Enter
0: into. <laughs> 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 yes, I, I, I have come across that. Like I mentioned, um, it does audit... Let me see if I am pull one of these up. Audit systems. It does audit... The open audit, how often does it run? Like, is it running every minute or is it running every hour? It's customizable. So um, when I, as I did it, I said... I went to each machine and scheduled a task. And I had set it up initially where I said, okay, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at... Six in the morning, you know, and I, I staggered them, audit the machine. Well, that didn't account for the people that turn their machines off when they go home. It didn't account for the people whose power savings, you know, had it sleeping. So I was like, okay, how else can I do this? And I came up with a different way where, um, like uh, iTunes does. You know, when, when the system's idle for 15 minutes, run this script. And that seems to have been the best. But I have to make it longer than 15 minutes because we don't need that. Because that would then probably take care of your problem because you just look at a report of first audited. If you look at a machine that was first audited, that's well, the yeah, first day. Yeah. That's the day of their birth, yeah. right? Could be, yeah. Could especially if you, uh, yeah. if you start out with the s- well, system this way. For me, I had to go around and it took you know a week. To make it to every machine. That's assuming you're deploying it well, you get got the equipment, too. You just start, you start editing But just to um, finish up this one with a manual entry, the eight, this one is a Mac. And as I said, Mac, it just wasn't pulling much information at all. There's ways to extend the script. I'm sure many of you would know ways to pull out some of this information Um with a script, and then it can be added here. You can what I've used most often for manual entry is just this manual data, and I tell it like, well, the location is my desk, you know. And this is this would be manual entry though, and that's the whole reason why I went into the systems to get away from that. But if if you still don't mind doing that, you could do it here. Then you could do dollar asset tag description. There's other places where you can do manual data. Software is one of them. Where, um, let's see, you'd put software in here. There's ways where you can generate, you know, say, we have software for Microsoft Office. It's purchased for this much per license. We have this many licenses available. And then you have it like add machines as they come in say like, oh, I've got Microsoft Office. Take one off there. Check one off. Check one off. Then you say, oh, no, we're running out of uh, Microsoft Office licenses. It's time to buy more because we wouldn't install it if we don't have a license. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so that um, this is one way you can do it is that manual entry. Another way is to just get a GUI if that's your what you're familiar with. If you're really good on the command line, I've often just jumped into the command line, insert into, select, sub-select, insert it in, and then um, have the data in that way. Could you do a, um, a push out to clients if you're, do, if you're doing desktop systems and have them, like, enter in? When did you get this computer kind of stuff? Oh, like... To have them, hang- so that you're not... <laughs> you have any clients, um, what you... I can't think of a way right now, but I mean it could be done. Anything could be done. use time and money and effort. Like user <laughs> yeah, user errors, one of the big things they're trying to avoid. Um, Do you have a question? So have I run into any issues? Do, do, do you use agents of any kind to get more rich data into Open Audit? And then do you have any security concerns with the way that Open Audit is probing the systems, be it with remote registry services or WMI or whatever transmission passwords? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was that? Okay. Yeah, I think he's having like little trigger some you know, yeah, well, security software. Raise like, flags? You know, yeah. If you've never done any that, be, cool. yeah, I haven't, I haven't extended this much further than what you s- saw here. Yeah, I just did some tweaks on the out of the box, which is why I liked it. Um, because again, as budgets get tighter and I'm supporting now three departments as opposed to one, and, you know, I'm doing this and that. This is good. I don't have to walk around the clipboard. <laughs> Uh, Yeah. So we get into, again, Linux was kind of limited, but uh, all audited systems. So this was a CentOS machine. Uh, Current user was me. And, uh, it just grabs this domain. I think that's the way it comes before we do it. This was a, an error in me manually inserting data in the database. So like I said, we want to automate it so we don't come up with garbage like that. Because we know this is not a G4 tower. It was Linux. and Anyways. Um, but it's got the UUID, the build number, uh, the installed, the OS installed date, which might or might not suffice for some people's um, needs for when you might want to update. Let's see. We can get over. I did see that with Linux, or at least maybe it was Mac, it had all the cron jobs logged. I'm having trouble remembering where the the crons were logged. It might not have been... um, we have the environment variables, which is kind of cool. Um, any, anything specific you wanted to see on there? Yes? Does it have any notification like, like, like send me an email. <coughs> on That would have to be an extension that, that you wrote. I've I've just used the home page for things that I was interested in. You know systems that haven't been audited. Like let's see what what that is. And if I run down this list and say, oh, well, that's Jimmy and Joni and whoever, and they're on vacation, so that's perfect. But this one, this one should have been audited. This is raising a problem. Just you uh, um, actually, I have a lot of laptops in here, and I'm wondering, it's a. Uh, This is something I hadn't noticed. But here we have all laptops, and this just shows us the laptops that have been audited. It knows what's a laptop, what's not, and so it goes in. And I haven't noticed this until today when I set this up here, but it has, um, it actually shows you a little icon for each machine, but it's not doing it here. But it has a little icon, and you can just visually see, like tower, 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 laptop, tower, 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 Hey, Linux it has like a little had a little CentOS logo for the CentOS installation. So in in right? in like, no, like, like? on laptops, what I've done is um, as part of my workaround for our environment, I manage a Wi-Fi lab since I'm in human resources and departments from all over campus can use this lab. They can check it out. They contact me. I train them. It's a cart with all kinds of laptops in it, and then we have, like, a little wireless thing. I went through each one of those machines, and I've installed the script, and then I say, when the machine boots up, audit it. Because administrators will come in and set up all the machines to boot, and then they wait for the class to come in. So it's not going to be an issue if... Nobody's going to be sitting there waiting to start their Monday tasks on the laptops. So, that was a little workaround I came up with. Laptops, when they start, audit them, send it back. And so, that's when you know when was the last time they were on the network? Well, this is when they booted up. So, does that answer your question? Well, I guess there's a way for the auditor to be smart enough to know to only fire if it's on your network. So, if you haven't set the fire, you're talking about like just random laptops coming around. From, you know, out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. So, are they entering your domain? Just just the network. Okay. Um, Yeah, you might have to combine it with some other network scanning tool, and then you would do it that way. Again, it'd have to be kind of a custom script. This worked for our environment, we don't allow, you know, our stuff's all kind of private, invitation only, so. <laughs> yeah? How long does the audit usually take on the system itself? Depending on the system? Yeah, I've, generally, w- within 30 seconds. Um, but, again, depending on the system, what else it's doing. We have some really older system. We have one machine that's really, really old. And this woman just, like, doesn't really need stuff, like, running zippy. She does a lot of paperwork. On her machine, it I think it took like a minute and a half. So that was the longest I've seen, and then sometimes it's much faster, 13 seconds. So by time, is, so how do you spend like a whole day, or is it half a minute for each machine? So y- I, or it takes only 30 seconds for it to grab or 30 minutes? No, 30 seconds. Round about 30 seconds, 23 seconds is more of the usual I see across the board. It says gathered information, 23 seconds, and then it'll give you another printout that says total time, 27 seconds, 32 seconds, because then it gathers all the information up in a temp file, throws it, and then it's done. So like the scanner, all that work, it it's Um Again, I, the way it's set up, I have each machine just kind of reporting back randomly. Um... Transport method would be um, HTTP. You can configure it for HTTPS. Um, There's other ways to do it too. It's in the config script, and um, it looks like they're working on a way to just do it right here from the web so that people can visit the site. Um, You can admin uh, audit my machine. And then it, it tries to do it with VBS, but since I'm on a Mac, it doesn't know what to do with it. So um, depending on your rights on the machine, you could even have your users visit it um, and audit their own machines. Yeah, it's, it's very extendable. So I, I'd be excited to see what anyone else can add to it. <coughs> Any other questions? else people want to see on here? You're having a That actually was a, a huge selling point for me is I said, look at this. We don't have to find Dell's page. You know, whatever. Does it, does it, did, it, did you say that it has software removal capabilities? Like you can say uninstall this software? No. Not as, not as yet? Not as yet, yeah. This is, it's a very basic tool. It does, I think, one thing, and it does it pretty well. it's a little sister. brother's Yeah, it's a little sister system. <laughs> so, that's about it. Thank you very much.